0: I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king. Oop, I skipped ahead too fast. (laughs) A king among his sons. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint me for the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesus made Shammah pass by, Jesse made Shama pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. Our next reading is Psalm 23. I invite you to read out loud the bold print. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. You restore my soul, O Lord, and guide me along right pathways for your name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our next reading is from Ephesians chapter five. Once you were darkness, but now in the Lord, you are light. Live as children of light for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention that such people do secretly. But what everything exposed by the light becomes visible for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, sleeper awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you, if you are comfortable and would like to, you may stand for the reading of the gospel. You can also stay seated in your comfy couches or comfy chairs, whatever works for you. From John chapter 9, 1 to, 1, 1 to 41. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash, a lot, in the pool of Salome, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, for the Jewish leaders had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner, one thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgments that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. oh that was a long one (laughs) i'm so grateful for everyone and i am so sorry that our facebook folks cannot get pictures i'm gonna let them know because they can all they get to see is a little box of me talking so, if you are watching on Facebook, know that you can still join in and you know see me and listen. Um, and you can also wait until about eleven o'clock when we have it fully uploaded loaded with the screen. I'm wondering if um, Facebook is putting a delay on Zoom screen shares um, for uh, issues of people misusing it. Um, and so, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to figure out a solution. And you'll probably see some test ones of. Of me later working through all of this. Oh. How are you? What are you going through today? What are you feeling? I know that this last week has been a huge alteration to the majority of our lives. Most of us are pretty busy people. Um, it's kind of normal and a lot of us right now are really figuring out what this new normal looks like and what's coming next and there's a lot of fears and worries and sadnesses. I know of people who have lost friends, who they don't know when the funeral will be, I know of people who are struggling with the disappointment of cancelled plans, I know of people who are home and not very technologically savvy, who are struggling to actually um, just connect at all because we've been calling and, and connecting that way but sometimes we need more than that we're humans we need physical touch and we need connection with one another in person and right now this has been really hard and so I'm just very aware of what everyone else is going through because I'm going through it too and With all of this, I've been really grateful for technology. I'm, um, you know, I'm a millennial, I'm a younger person, and I'm also a great big giant nerd. So um, technology has always been um, my safe place. It's always been my comfort zone, even when it doesn't work like I want it to, like the Facebook is doing right now, it still is something that I'm very comfortable in. Um, I have been, Part of online communities since I was in high school. Some of my dearest friends were people I never met in person, but I knew them um, usually through video games. <laughs> um, but it's still such a new thing for so many and I've been really grateful for all of the ways my pastor colleagues have been sharing on Facebook, whether it be simple little prayer talks or beautiful songs or full worship services whatever it might be i've been so incredibly grateful for that and one of the things that i've been thinking a lot about lately is one of the things that was shared was from nadia boltzweber who i think i mentioned the other day on stream as well because she's one of my favorite authors she's a lutheran pastor and she shared a mini sermon this week about um fear and danger and one of the things that she talked about was that you know the danger is real, right? The risk is real. The, the issues going on in our communities are real for people who are suffering from financial danger or from health danger. You know, with the coronavirus, we're all just trying to stay safe. And um, one of the things that she talks about is that the opposite of fear is not bravery, but she really thinks the opposite of fear is love, particularly God's love for us in the midst of all of this and i have just been so grateful for that message because in the midst of the fears of the danger of the worries of the sadnesses i have felt so much of god's love particularly god's love shared through god's people whether it be phone calls from my church members calling me to check in on pastor and just say hi pastor how are you which can often leave me in tears um cuz i didn't expect it especially the first one <laughs> um Or I have been using an app called Marco Polo where me and my millennial friends send each other video messages. And so I'm able to connect with my dear ones that way as well. Um, And I just have been sensing so much love around us in our community. Um, whenever I talk to any of our church members, I hear that they got calls are, and that they've been connected that they've been calling others and I've just been so grateful for the way God's love is showing up right now. And I think that God's love really is the answer that for us as we deal with our anxieties, that we can wrap ourselves in that love and know that God is with us no matter what. I've been telling our small seeds kiddos and Hadley like my mantra during this time is that I am strong and God is with me and I am loved. And I invite you to repeat that to yourself right now. I am strong, God is with me, I am loved. I <laughs> hear a little Hadley down there repeating me. Um, I just need that message and our kids need that message, and our adults need that message too, that through all of this right now, we're here and love is here. And so I've been really grateful for our readings for today, um, even though they were a little bit long and I had to read them all because I am technology. (laughs) um, I really love our first reading from Samuel that God is calling Samuel to move forward even though he's grieving, even though he's sad, and even though he is worried for the very real danger that exists for him, he, God is still saying, there's a next step. There's a next thing to do. And um, if you have kids in your home or if you have just heard about it, um, we have been watching a lot of Frozen in our household. Um, Hadley is obsessed with Elsa, which is why our new puppy's name is Princess Anna Puppy Doggy, because that's Elsa's sister. And so if Princess Anna Puppy Doggy is going to be Hadley's sister, and Hadley's Elsa, therefore she must she must be Anna. Um, but one of my favorite things about the newest Frozen movie, Frozen 2, is there's this beautiful song where um, Anna has just lost... Her sister and her best friend and she's grieving terribly because there's all this other loss she's lost her community she's not sure if her town will still exist and she sings this song called the next right thing the next right thing and every time I hear it which has been a lot lately I tear up because I think that's what a lot of us are going through right now, is just searching for the next right thing. And maybe for you, the next right thing is participating in worship online. Maybe for you, the next right thing is to just garden while the sun is out. Maybe for you, the next right thing is to make a phone call or to do something on Zoom or to video chat with a grandkid, whatever that next right thing is. I love, listening to that song in my head and our Samuel reading and thinking about God calling us to the next right thing, whatever that might be, whatever fears, whatever sadness, whatever danger might exist, God reminds Samuel and us that God sees our hearts and God knows what we're going through and God is there with us through all of it, no matter what. I just really need that right now and i love that in the end of our samuel reading when david is chosen as the new anointed one that the spirit comes upon him mightily It's such an image because we think of spirit as breath, as wind, and I don't know about you, but it's been a bit breezy lately outside, and we've been spending a lot of time outside, and so every time I feel that air blowing over me, I think of God's breath, of God's spirit just coming upon me mightily, and it brings me so much hope and joy in the midst of all of this, and I hope that you can experience some of that too. In our reading from Ephesians, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he tells them, in all of this, you are the light. You are the light in this world, providing love and care, even from home, and I am just so grateful. Again, I can't say it enough how grateful I am for the ways in which our people are calling each other and connecting with one another and visiting together virtually. I just, my favorite time is that 15 minutes before our worship starts when our Zoom call opens up. And honestly, I gotta say, um, I should probably maybe start that sooner because I end up getting into a conversation and then realize, oh, we're supposed to be starting worship two minutes ago, and it takes a minute to get everything streaming and recording. So, oops. <laughs> and, but that time together where I get to see some of our people's faces and hear their voices, that brings me so much joy because you are all the light in my life right now. You and my family and my friends, all of the way that ways that we're connecting are sharing God's light together. And I think in the midst of the shadows of this world, we really need that message, that reminder that we are children of light and that we're made for light and that we can be shining and be dazzling bright even in the midst of our own homes. And I am just so grateful for that. My my favorite reading from our stuff today, second favorite really, was the John reading. And partly, I mean, mainly it's because Jesus does not understand social distancing which I mean, I guess is fine, but you heard me repeat that he uses mud and spit and he puts his saliva into the eyes of the man who was born blind. And I, every time I read it, there's an inner like visceral reaction in me of like, oh no, oh no, oh go wash your hands, go wash your hands and wash your eyes and just take a big shower, I don't know. (laughs) um, But I've been grateful for that because one, it's also the man does go and wash. And so I love that image of water and washing right now because I don't know about you, but my hands are pretty dry from all of the hand washing. Um, It's kind of been, you know, the constant ritual in our house. (laughs) And I, I also just really appreciate in this story that, As long as it is, it touches on so many different things, our John reading, and I can't get to all of them today, obviously, because we'd be here forever, but I love that immediately Jesus sees this man who was born blind, and his disciples ask him what sin he committed to deserve that, or who committed the sin to deserve that, since in, in ancient Israel, that was the idea, that if you had a disability, if you had a disease, it was because of your, it was your fault. And Jesus immediately is just like, no, that's not what's going on here. It's not sin that causes this. And I think that so much right now is we're dealing with a disease that's spreading through our communities, remembering that that's no one's fault and that we're called to care for one another in this, because that's what Jesus does. He says, it's no one's fault, but let's care for this person. And so he heals him like a light shining in the shadows he opens his eyes and people kind of struggle with that they struggle with love and grace in the midst of worries and fears and so the pharisees really do not like that this man has been healed because they don't understand it. They can't comprehend it. And so because of that, they go on this sort of big uh, investigation trying to figure out how this guy got healed. Maybe he was lying his entire life. That is their better option because they would rather believe that this man was lying about being blind his entire life and his parents were lying about him being born blind than believe that Jesus can heal someone who was born blind. That's an incredible amount of fear. A cr- incredible amount of brokenness and hurt and when Jesus realizes that this is going on when he realizes that his work isn't done that this man still needs him Jesus is right there and he invites this man into a relationship with him by asking him do you believe I'm the one who you should believe in and this man saying yes yes Jesus is inviting him into a relationship of faith and grace. And that's a relationship that we can all have. We can all share those moments of presence with Jesus. Which brings me to the last reading that I wanted to talk about, which um, is often not my favorite because it's so common and it's so well known. But honestly, with everything going on, when I saw that Psalm 23 was on our calendar for today, I just knew. Because we couldn't ask for a better psalm during a time like this. In the midst of our anxieties, of our anxious minds, our Lord makes us lie down. Whether it be green pastures or still waters, God invites us into a time of stillness, which I think for a lot of us is really hard. And I know for me it's really hard, but those moments of stillness are where I recognize God's presence around me and I can feel God's comfort with me and I can take a deep breath because I have not been doing very much breathing (laughs) lately. I have been kind of go, go, go. And so unless I'm leading a worship, I have to remind myself to slow down and breathe and be still our shepherd is there beside us all along the journey because that's what shepherds do. They don't leave their sheep and go. They follow them wherever they are. And we know the story of the one sheep that is lost, that the shepherd goes towards no matter what. The shepherd is always reaching out to us, always with us in the midst of our fears and our worries and our sadnesses, our Shepherd Jesus is still there, and I just love that image because I need it so much right now. Because though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death with whatever fears, or sadness, or loneliness, or boredom we might find ourselves in, which I think a lot of us are experiencing, Jesus is comforting us, Jesus is preparing a table for us, and Jesus goes to the cross for us, for you, and for me to provide goodness and mercy. Jesus dies facing all the fears and sadness and sin of this world, and he rises to bring us new life so that we may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, so that we might have hope in the midst of this crisis, so that we might experience the spirit coming mightily upon us and calling us to the next right thing so that we can care for one another from phone calls to zoom to picking up groceries to sharing beautiful images and songs and videos on our facebook or youtube feeds we can continue to be the church to be god's people through all of this no matter what because we know that our lord our shepherd is always and forever with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.